0: So if you love the show, please donate. Little known fact about my guest today. She and I sat down in front of a live audience at the W Hotel Times Square and had the most amazing, intimate, hilarious life-changing for me conversation. I can't wait to share it with you. The audience was filled with our friends, many theater luminaries who you will recognize as we reference them throughout the show. I'm so thrilled to have been a part of this Broadway at the W series. I can't wait to do more. And here I am welcoming Lara Benanti to the podcast. Enjoy. A-OK. My guest today is the Tony Award winning actress, Laura Venanti. Did I say Tony Award
1: winning? You did. Yeah. Yeah. And you pronounced my name right, so good well, job. It's hard. No, it is hard. I know. We'll talk about that in a minute. Why okay, is good. it so hard? Why is it so hard? Because everything should be hard. Yeah, there yeah, you that's go. That's my motto.
0: On Broadway, she has starred in Sound of Music, Swing, Into the Woods, Nine, The Wedding Singer, Gypsy, In the Next Room, The Vibrator Play, Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, She Loves Me and Be Your Shower. Some of her TV credits include Go On, Law & Order: SBU, Nurse Jackie, Nashville, The Detour, and Supergirl, oh, yeah. Twins. Twins. Just acting with myself. Yeah. yeah. I heard that about you. Yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite scene partner. Yeah. She's great, except it feels like she's acting she's with herself. She's with herself. She literally is. fine she's also become our comedic relief during the presidency with her genius impersonation of the coughing melania trump
1: she's actually gagging she's She's not coughing she's just always withholding a vomit
0: um has everybody here seen laura do melania trump I feel like what Tina Fey was to Sarah Palin, like when we think about the people who allowed us to get through a very, very scary time in our lives, Aside from all of the joy you have brought us in your roles on stage and on the small screen and big screen, the idea that you have channeled this character in the most extraordinary way. Is it weird if I ask you to do this entire interview? Yes. Yeah. No, that is weird. That would be weird. I want to talk about your incredible career. But I do just want to start with the Melania thing. Because it really has become, an unprecedented joy for all of us to see someone we have seen do the kind of stuff you do musically, but to also be the comedic genius that you are. That's Something a amazing. very rare gift. Thank you. Um, Kelly and Celia, Are I saw you talking. <laughs> oh my god. What? Where you say it again? What? You were saying how what I am? Yes, they were saying how good I was. I just wanted to make sure. Celia, Kelly, you were talking. That's please keep that in. I need that to stay in the podcast. Celia and Kelly are my best friends. By the way, you guys, that's Celia Keenan Bolger, (laughs) Broadway star. And Kelly Hutchinson another Broadway star in the audience there's just too much happening today oh my gosh it's an embarrassment of But I know I, I
1: believe them that they were thinking that cuz I was thinking it you were I was like she's so good at this this is a very specific skill that not yeah. everybody has and you are very very good at it to the point where I'm like quiet and like blushing that's yeah. not normal I'm not well that's not my normal state you play
0: twins it, I do play twins, so that's in, really hard too. That is you have also to like very talk hard. Talk to yourself and then remember. Yeah, but what somebody you wrote those
1: word those words for me. Those those brilliant it's lines. True.
0: Yeah. And right now, as I as my dementia kicks in, <laughs> I wish someone had written some words no, for me. Amazing. But it's all good. So tell us a little bit about how you came to be Melania.
1: I was on Colbert's show promoting She Loves Me, and he pointed out my physical resemblance to her, which I honestly don't see. I really don't see it in real life. Yeah. Um, but when I make the face... I see it. Show Um, us the face. It's audio, but can you... Yeah. yeah. So when I do... Yeah. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Um, When I do the face, I, I see it, but I don't see it, like, just in the mirror. And then I never thought of it again. And then after her famously plagiarized Republican National Convention speech, I got a call from like millions of calls actually from them the next day being like, can you please come in and do this impression which I really appreciate. They had never seen me do a full impersonation and they had no idea if I could do the accident or if I would be funny in any way. They really took a chance and it was a live show. It was like an 11.30 live show. There was no going back and I had like five hours to... Uh, figure it out and how did you do that I just I watched her speech over and over and over again and I just zoomed in on her mouth in particular and then just like turned the lights down just like the tiniest bit you know what I mean um, yeah, and I then, did. yeah I know just what you like mean. quiet it. Make it quiet in there, Um, except for like a panic button. Like I feel like at any moment she's like ready to hit a panic button. That's what the eyes are. She's on high alert at all times. And so the first time I did it, it was just like get through it. And then when I had more time to think about it, I really I didn't want to make fun of her so much because even though she made her own bed and she knew who she married. You know, she's a mom. I think she likes her son. She's not an idiot. She speaks five languages. Hi. Um, you know, she speaks five languages, so she right. speaks four and a half more languages than I do. And, um, I didn't want to be cruel to her. I do want to be cruel to him. Sure. And so I can't do an impersonation of him. And also, more than anything, I, I want to bring some levity to what feels like a garbage fire constantly. I think of her as, like, um, as America. So we're all reluctantly married to him now. So I try to channel... Us through her, which is why it's gotten progressively um, sillier yeah. um, and <laughs> stupider, and and a little bit more pointed. Where it's very clear that she's like, I don't like him, right? But I'm just married to him,
0: and she's held hostage. As no, we she's all held hostage right as we all
1: feel right now. And I do genuinely think. And what do I know? I don't know her, but I do think she must feel held hostage, right? She, she must.
0: Yeah. Well, she's here. Where tonight. is she? Melania? She's in a bunker. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, all right. I feel like she would be so grateful if I was just like, hey, girl, I'm going to take this for a couple <laughs> days. Yeah. Like, you go to a spa, and I'll just. I got this. I got this. You're yeah. fine.
0: I I am not being hyperbolic when I say it has been one of the greatest joys of this presidency, if not the only it's
1: one. The, yeah, I, I feel like there's no joy. I feel like it's just like the tiniest bit of, it's like the sticky part of the Band-Aid. It's not the soft part of the Band-Aid. We're like, this still feels gross and horrible, but at it's least not. it's covering just the tiniest bit of this wound. But I know taking it off is going to hurt.
0: It does hurt a lot, but let's take it off. Yeah, Let's take him off. Alright, we're going to go back, Okay. shall we? A let's do bit. it. Let's go back. Okay. So So the one... Wonderful tech moment that did happen is we were able to share the little known fact about Laura which is literally like here's someone who has dreamed her entire life from what I understand you came out of the womb you cried and then you sang like mm-hmm. in that perfect soprano voice is that yeah, true? I had a top hat and a cane <laughs> <laughs> jazz hands <laughs> like it's a <laughs> it's a it's show a- biz. It's a- <laughs> oh my god that baby is doing jazz hands <laughs> she's amazing yeah, I was but like that so let me just fill you in I can't imagine there's anyone here, who doesn't know this? But Laura's mother, Linda, with whom she has begun to do the most incredible cabaret show. Um, Laura's mom was on Broadway before she had her children, mm-hmm. and soon after decided to be with her children. Yes, and clearly she, that was a great decision in this case because you came out amazing. Did I? Um, <laughs> well, we have more to talk about. Be here in a minute. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and her mom became a really beloved, respected voice teacher yes and from what i understand did those voice lessons happen in your home yeah my mom gave
1: voice lessons out of our home and a lot of times i would just be there with her while she was teaching voice which must have been so unsettling for people learning to sing we're just this like very bossy four-year-old just like sitting there and i would be like no
0: You were like Simon Cowell.
1: No. I was like Simon Cowell. I was like a little, tiny, evil Simon (laughs) Cowell. Um, But when I liked someone, I would say, bravo. Yeah. Um, You're going to Hollywood. Yeah, exactly. Yes, you got something, that. kid. Yeah. But yeah, and and then my mom started teaching me when I was little, just because I asked her to, and just for fun. But she never pushed me. I, I wanted to be an actress from the time I was really small. But I was always so tall and very awkward. Um, and my mom knew if I had auditioned for children, they would have been like, "Ma'am, get out of here." <laughs> you know, like when I was 14, I was this tall. And I see some 14-year-olds who are on Broadway; they're playing like five-year-olds. Right. They're these tiny little like cuties. And I was not. A tiny cutie, I was like, hello. I had
0: like a full mustache. <laughs> just so you'd be in the playground good. and cops would come over and be like, there have been some calls. Be like, sir, mother. do you have a child here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You gotta go. Oh,
1: people used to think my, my sister's seven years younger than me, and people used to think I was her mom when I was like 14. It was horrible. And then I would I would pretend I was. I'd be like, yeah, I know, it's been hard. And I was a like single mom. Like, horrible my mom was like please stop doing that <laughs> it's not good sorry i'm practicing for svu
0: i have a friend who's uh whose kid told the teacher when she was in First grade, that she still breastfed. Stop. And the mother had to come in and see the principal and the teacher. They sat her down and they were like, Listen, we think that's so cool. No. And we're so not judgmental. But we just think it's weird for the other children when Isabel tells them that she's still breastfeeding. And my friend was like, I am not, I never. I never breastfed. I never <laughs> breastfed. Just straight <laughs> bottles. It was oh, my bad. God. She's like, why did you tell your class that? She's like, I just thought it was funny.
1: I thought it was funny. Yeah. I remember telling my funny. friends, because my parents were divorced. Yeah. And, um, not funny. Not funny. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I, but I, I, but instead of being like, my dad lives in a sad apartment with garbage everywhere and like a Barca lounger that he never gets out of, I was like, my dad has an American flag in the middle of his house. That's what I told people. Like, they were going to be like, wow, that is so cool. Why would I say that? I also told people I was in Les Mis on Broadway. And then when they'd be like, when I was like 11, and when they were like, why don't you ever miss school? I was like, I don't do matinees. No
0: much kids like my it's sister is here lie. tonight and she'll remember is? this yes my sister's here ladies and gentlemen where she loves this oh, yes. this is she literally like me putting iodine in her eyeballs yeah. like no my stuffing. sister's the same way yeah, please absolutely not um okay it's not really my sister but we were in camp <laughs> together my sister is also about the same age range as yours and and by the way i'm younger and people think i'm her older sister, which is less of a compliment. Yeah, that's not fun. But we were in camp together, and I told everyone that I had a twin. A twin. Yeah. My sister was at the camp. Right. I said I had a twin brother. They'd go to like, does she have a twin? And she'd be like, No. no. And yeah. then they come back to me and say, your sister says you don't have a twin. I'd be like, she's, she's a lying. Liar. <laughs> yeah. And you'd look them
1: straight. I remember she's looking people liar. straight in the eye and being like, I am on Broadway, and yeah. how dare you for questioning yeah. that I am on Here's Broadway. A playbill. Do you know how hard it? Yeah, totally. Do you know how hard I work? I do not work hard, because I am not in that show.
0: So weird. I am my own
1: twin.
0: Yeah, I am my own twin.
1: I think you know the name of the pilot you need to write. <laughs> but, I am my own twin. And I will star in it, oh unfortunately. My God. Oh Sorry. My God. That's you're gonna okay. have to write it for me.
0: Seven hundred time Tony Winner Garbinante, that's okay. So you
1: It will have, be cancelled immediately though. The
0: truth is <laughs> you're just hoping I mean what is truly astonishing is you did sort of sing already like the way you sing from a very young age. Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah, I
1: I, I never had like a, I don't know, I always had a, a maturity about me in every way. In a way that people were like, oh, she's such an old soul, but you know they really mean. Like, she a little bit creeps me out.
0: Yeah. That
1: kid. Um, That's how I was.
0: So this is a true story. It's not apocryphal. Like, you literally, other than the you know the the chorus line commercial i love new york i've just come out of my mother's vagina uh-huh. image uh-huh. You really did want to be on Broadway your entire life. Yes,
1: I do not remember a moment where I didn't want to be on Broadway. I never wanted to be famous and never wanted to be, like, in TV and movies. I never saw that for myself. I always was like, I want to be on Broadway.
0: And is that because of your mom's legacy? And she, No. Like, what was your introduction to Broadway? My, I mean, my mom played, my mom actually mostly played Carly Simon because she was
1: getting a divorce and was hella sad. Yeah. So it was just, like, a lot of, like... Very sad, Carly Simon music. Um, never know yes. Yeah. It was a lot of like. Is that Carly Simon or was that, that Carole King? I, that might have been Carole King. Wait
0: right here, cause these are the good old days. Is that Carly yeah. Simon? Thank I you. blocked it out. Thank you. I can't listen to Carly Simon. I'm going to be selling CDs afterwards of <laughs> yeah. you just
1: going. <laughs> <laughs> called almost Carly Simon. <laughs> Um, was I pitchy? Like, was no, they were pitchy? perfect. Oh, okay. There were no words okay. happening, but <laughs> the the tone was really beautiful. Um, but yeah, I like she. So I I just started watching. Oh, I know. She put on Annie, the 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 movie Annie for me, yeah. and I was like,
0: Oh, that. Want yeah want Annie. Yeah.
1: And then she told me that the tape broke, but it did not break. Yeah, she okay. broke that tape <laughs> because I started acting like a little bratty. I started acting like Annie. Did you play Annie? No, because I was 100 feet tall. Right. Yeah. I, I, I would have been Miss Hannigan. Absolutely. There was an audition for Annie. I think there was an Annie revival when I was like 11, and I begged my mom to go. And she was like, she was told me straight. She was like, honey, you are too, you seem too old. You have breasts.
0: <laughs> so you were literally auditioning for your first Broadway show. Yeah. Which happened because something so, to Paper Mill Playhouse. Yes, Paper Mill Playhouse, it was a
1: magical dream come true for me. So I went to Kinelon High School in New Jersey, which was a very, very small town. I had 89 kids in my graduating class. And nobody cared about anything that I cared about at all. And did you have friends? I I had friends who were they they like tolerated me, you know. And it it was an interesting exercise in um, that's where I feel like I learned how to be an actor because if to be myself meant to be alone. So in order to like fit in with everybody I would just try on whatever persona of the person I was with. So if that person was like a hemp necklace wearing Dave Matthews listening like Birkenstock wearing person, I that's what I was. Right. Or if they were like a vegan punk rock person, that's what I was. And that's sort of how I floated around and I think if people were to look back they would say like oh Lara was friends with everybody, but nobody knew me. Huh. because I was not, my, like, true self, I wasn't showing anyone. A, that person was, like, way more, like, sad and dark than I felt comfortable being, and just because I wasn't, didn't know what I was yet, you know? Um, and what I, the essence of who I was felt uncomfortable to me, so, but you know...
0: But when you doing shows, because so many of my guests are like, I felt like that during yeah. the day, and then I walked into... Yeah. The you know the the room where we rehearsed musicals yes. in high school, and I was myself.
1: See, nobody in high school cared about musicals, so like I was the only one who cared about it. So I was the, the only like it was me and then the cheerleaders who were in like the dance in the background, and then all the boys who wanted to be near the cheerleaders and me being like everybody shh and just like <laughs> taking it so seriously and like sipping tea, and everyone was like, "What are you doing? You're horrible." This night air is um, no good for the children's voices. Yeah, it's it was not. Uh, a fun time. So I I don't know how this happened, but Paper Mill Playhouse, they have something called the Rising Star Awards, and it started when I was a junior in high school, and so they came to see me play Dolly Levi in Hello, Dolly. Were you
0: the only person in Hello, Dolly, or was there a whole cast?
1: I was in it. My sister, who's seven years younger, was in it, and there was a cast, but if you watch the video, it is like one extremely intense like grown like 45 year old woman <laughs> with so much contouring makeup on sure. just and so much blush like i don't know what part of me was like just she needs a lot of rouge <laughs> like they're not going to see my cheeks unless they are fire engine red and then just like a bunch of other kids being like
0: hello dolly well hello just, dolly. yeah just showing
1: just showing how annoyed they were to be there I won this paper mill playhouse Rising Star Award because I think they were just like somebody help that girl. Like it felt like a pitying thing of like we're saving a life. It was like a make a wish. And Sally
0: Struthers has all the.
1: Okay. Yes, it was okay. that where they were like come here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so they they I was so I won that award and then they put me in one of their shows which was a straight play, and where Anne Hathaway was my understudy. She's who?
0: never right. heard of her
1: and even then so she was 14 years old and i remember even then she was like on the atkins diet she had like a 12 point plan to like what her career was going to be and i swear to god she did every single thing on it i remember it i remember her being like i'm going to do a pilot and then i'm going to get a movie and then after that it, she mapped out her life she is the secret
0: so that's all it would have been had i done that
1: at yeah, in, that's what we
0: should have done. In like a list.
1: Yeah, instead of just being like, I guess I'll go over here. <laughs> yeah, I should have probably like vi- envisioned what I wanted wow. to do. But yeah. It's really interesting. So, so I won that Award. They put me in a play, and then I got my equity card. And then the casting director for the revival of *The Sound of Music* on Broadway called, asking if they had a leasel And because I was 17, they recommended me. And I showed up in my prom dress because I was—I just like assumed you wear your nicest dress to a Broadway audition. Yeah, you do. Oh my god. And I just had written down oh, all do of my smell. high school—I know, just really, garbage. Moms. Really, we were
0: doing laundry, we were. and then we
1: came here. We were. My oh, daughter sad. spit up on me, and I was like, oh, "All right, well, that's better." So th- they didn't give me Liesl. Because I seem too old, and they literally said that. And then they ended up casting me as the understudy for Maria. Rebecca Luker was the act; is the actress. She's beautiful. She's so beautiful. And then when she left, I took over and played opposite Richard Chamberlain. Do you remember? (laughs) I was nineteen, and he was nineteen thousand. That is not weird at all. Not creepy. My sister, who came to see the show, she was eleven. When we kissed, I heard her go, "Ew!" in the audience. She remember, She was like, "Yeah, that was really horrifying for me." <laughs> I was, I was into it. I was like, "Doctor Kildare, okay, sure." I was a hundred. I didn't care. I was re- older
0: than him. We were like, Richard was like, Laura and Laura. Like, yeah. too much time. Exactly. You're like, okay. I'm no, sorry, sir. Um, do you remember that audition? Vividly beyond. Yeah. the dress?
1: yeah, I, I do remember it because I also um forgot my nice shoes, so I wore clogs. <laughs> so I wore like my prom dress and just Holland's greatest export. <laughs> and i remember them saying to me do you have an updated resume because this is all high school credits and i said i am in high school and they were like can you give us a moment and they ha- asked me to leave and then they had me come back in and sing more stuff and then they were just like sing this it was like it was it was actually really fun because i was fearless i had no idea that they would be considering me for anything other than being in the ensemble, right. being in the ensemble is amazing. I'm not si- trying to know, denigrate that in any way, but literally
0: like you went from math class and then you yeah. went to this and you're, that's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. And you kind of haven't looked back since. Yeah.
1: yeah I, I was really lucky in that it's such an unusual story. And I sort of realize now how, how much luck was involved and, and Kismet and Stardust and whatever you want to call it. Um, and also, definitely hard work and secreting. And then, yeah, and then at 18. <laughs> secreting? Yeah, I totally secreted that from the time I was like two years old. That's all I ever wanted to do. And then I was there at 18 and I was like,
0: okay, well, so what happens, happens now? <laughs> yeah, like at 18, yeah. what happens? It's sort of like what happens to the boy who got everything. He lived happily ever after. Yeah. So here you are. That's um, a little Willy Wonka reference. <laughs> I know you're all musical theater yeah. people. That's also a film. <laughs> What's that? So what happens when your dream comes true at the very beginning of a career yeah. I mean
1: I think for me it was really challenging because again I had never been like and then it's movies and Hollywood I was just like well here I am and then I was I went from living with my family in New Jersey to being alone in a studio apartment and everybody my age was in college and you know the people who are older than me were older than me they didn't want to hang out with an 18 year old kid so I was really lonely and you know, I, I don't mean to complain, but to, to to answer your question honestly, you know, I think it led to just like a series of boyfriends and husbands because I was like, well, you'll pay attention to me, yeah. You know, and by the time everybody graduated college, you were had
0: two husbands.
1: I, I had one husband. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and they had their friend group and maybe had like known of me or whatever and, and thought one thing of me or whatever it was. And so I, like, couldn't get into anybody. I couldn't. Yeah. Nobody wanted to be my friend. It was. It felt like high school again, where I was like, okay, well, I know that this is a way to not be lonely. And so I would just, like, work really hard and then just have, like, a thousand boyfriends. There's a part of me, although I do not in any way regret, like, my journey, for lack mm-hmm. of a better word, there are times where I wish I had gone to college because yeah. I wish I had gotten to fail on a smaller scale, and I wish I had gotten to um, have that time with people my own age, you know, to learn and grow. I felt like I, I had to grow up really quickly and in a in a strange way it was infantilizing. I because that. I was I, I wasn't actually grown up, I was pretending to be grown up. Yeah. So it felt like it took a really long time for me to know who I was because I was so busy being whatever anybody else wanted me to be.
0: Case in point, there's a your community of of peers and colleagues and fellow artists are here today. So at some point I mean, not that this is all your friends. I know you have more friends. But <laughs> no, this are, is it. Those
1: yeah. two. Yeah, it's the bottom um, of the barrel.
0: <laughs> loving it again. At some point, you found your community. Yeah. And and can you kind of harken back to when it began to gel that you and yourself and, and what you were doing and the people were your age who were also doing Celia
1: Keenan-Bolger's wedding. Celia it took that long. Yeah, yeah. It, I call it the wedding that changed my life, and it was not my own. <laughs> um, yeah, it was Celia's wedding, and where I really got to know Celia and Kelly and our friend Sarah. And it was the first time um, in a really long time, maybe ever, where I met people and I was just like instantly myself. It was weird. I, I just knew, like, okay, I didn't have to be anything else. And oh gosh, it makes to make me cry. Um, where it felt like being a kid, yeah, you know, where you meet a kid on the playground and you're just like playing the same game and you don't yeah. know how it happened, but yeah. everybody's agreed on the rules and and now it's so fun and that's what it was. That's incredible. Yeah, but it took a long ass time. It really did. Were you invited did. to that wedding? No, just... I just showed up. I just showed up and they were like, "You can come Wasn't in." Wasn't it in Vermont? That's yeah, it was in way. Vermont. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
0: okay. I'm not allowed back in, in the state of Vermont.
1: I'm wanted there.
0: I mean, it's only a little bit weird that you were there, but it sounds like it turned out as it turned a turned out okay. well yeah. as it could have turned out. Yeah. So you have been nominated for many Tony Awards, which is a really wonderful thing. Yes. Uh, and it must feel like, okay, I I am doing this thing that I love. How mm-hmm. nice that my community also appreciates it. Yeah. Um, but I also know that probably winning... Yeah. it's even better yeah. than being nominated feels
1: it feels more fun
0: so <laughs> yeah um gypsy yeah was an extraordinary turning point for mm-hmm. you uh, because it is the role for which you want yes you and I both share in an unbelievable love of patty Lapone yes um, the biggest. I recently told someone that when you get an email or text that says hi doll yes. you know who it's from and I still screenshot it even mm-hmm. though, like it's that ridiculous and sort of like can I post this like patty Lapone right like yeah. it's sad but you I know it b- But deeply I want to show up yeah, a little yeah, yeah. Bit. Same. I have found her to be one of the most inspirational people in my life same she has a very complicated Reputation. I know. But in working with her, I was only the recipient of love and fun and uh, crazy silliness. Yes. Tremendous silliness. She's very silly and funny. What was your uh, experience? Had you did you know Verge was before or after that, Women on the Verge. Um
1: so we we did Gypsy and then she and I actually did a pilot together for okay. CBS that did not get picked up. No, of course not. Right, exactly. And then Could um, wanna watch you two. No, nobody. It was about books. So nobody oh, nobody beard. cared. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. yeah, it was about an unmarried woman who likes to read books. So they were like, Hard pass, we're the boobies. <laughs> um, but she's a stripper yeah. exactly and, then she's in a tri- then went, and she's 25 oh, she's and she's reading a doctor Dostoevsky. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Right. Ugh, no. she rides a motorcycle yeah. um, but doesn't know she's sexy no. you know what I mean just like sexy in a casual way that's my least favorite thing that's my least favorite breakdown Like where they're like sexy but doesn't know it you're like fuck you if you're sexy you know it how dare you What woman is like, I'm sexy? (laughs) (laughs) But that's not sexy. You're (laughs) the worst, then. Then you're just horrible, and I don't want to be near you.
0: Can I just tell you something? Yes. I never remember my dreams. Maybe that's because I'm 100, and you, your dementia follows mm-hmm. you into your sleep. Yep. But last night, I had the craziest dream, and this is true, that I was on a game show. Really? A game show. And they asked. Part of it was like thinking about what I was going to talk to you about. Right. And sort of like cute little things I do on my show, and should I have my guest say the following? The game show host was like... What are the three words that make you the most anxious on the planet? Oh, wow. It was, slate your name. Yeah. Those were the three words in my dream that made me unbelievably anxious. Slate your name is when you're about to audition and you go from having like incredibly warm, normal, civilian conversation with the casting director where you're two human beings like, yes. how are you? Oh my God, I saw that picture of George on Instagram. She got so grown up. And you're like, I know. And then all of a sudden they say slate your name and it is impossible to be the same person. No, you're you a just, robot. You're
1: like, you become a robot. Yeah.
0: And like my yeah. stomach is in my same. throat. And I thought how wild that I dreamt that. It's really interesting. Because I used to have this idea that at the beginning of every conversation, I I'd ask my guest to sl- like slate your name and then I thought but that would start the whole thing in a terrible, terrible yeah, terrible. the opposite of like little known fact they're brilliant like that's yes. the opposite yes anyway I just remember that and I that's wanted to really share fun. that
1: I once had a director say to me um, after a scene okay do it again but just talk like a person and I was like <laughs> as opposed to and he, was, and he was like when we're talking right now you're so interesting and engaging and then when you started doing the scene I don't know what happened and I was like I thought I was being the same and he was like, no, no, you are not. You
0: slated your That's name. how all
1: my television auditions went for like the first 10 years where they were just like, no, nobody understood. I was, they, I was sounded slightly British at all times <laughs> because I grew up watching music, 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 music musicals, yeah. music <laughs>
0: musicals yeah. um,
1: movie musicals. So yeah. I was like doing a little bit of like a Judy Garland impersonation, sure. I think
0: it was classic, really terrible. Of, can I just say they're wrong.
1: You're yeah. right. Now I just pretend like I'm drunk and I get it. Like if I'm just like it's just like this as small as you can be like barely moving my mouth. If I barely move my mouth and never blink my eyes, I get it. You're like, yeah, I saw the yeah, like yeah. If there's any if I if if there's any if if you move your mouth too much or if you're too loud, you don't get it. That's what I've learned.
0: Just have to whisper. Try that. Like I want to give you a piece of dialogue. Okay. All right. The first time I saw Carl, I knew that he was trouble.
1: The first time I saw Carl, I knew that he was trouble. Done. Yeah, Emmy. Because no. if there was a camera there, they would have been like, What's happening? And guess what? Nothing. Nothing.
0: And that's what we want. That's what we want. All right, we're talking on network about television. Patty Lapone, Gypsy. Yeah.
1: Patty Lapone. So I've only ever had an amazing experience with Patty Lapone. Here's my take on Patty. If you are doing your job well, if you show up on time, if you are respectful and kind, she will love you. If you like mess around, show up late, take up a lot of like um, emotional space. It, She'll give you all the emotional space that you need if you are just doing your job. She has yes. no time for nonsense. Yeah, and I respect that. I really do. And she's Sicilian, so if I don't have time for nonsense, I'm like, "Is it okay? Do you mind? Is it all right if you maybe don't?" Yeah, and she's like, yeah. "Shut up!" <laughs> you know. But honestly, I'd rather that. Yes. It's more direct. It's yeah. not passive aggressive in any way. It's just aggressive. Yeah. Um, but I, I have only amazing stories of her, and I, I love her. She sent Ella, my daughter, this like radio flyer full of all this baby stuff, and I called her to thank her. And she was like, it was for a girl, right? <laughs> I was like, yeah, your people sent me something for a girl. Don't worry. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. She's like, okay, good. It's the thought that counts. Yes, of course. It's the assistant's thought that counts. It's
1: exact I know it was her thought. Yeah. And then somebody executed yeah, it. She, I want someone bye. to execute my thoughts.
0: Please, that's why I had a baby. I want someone to literally execute <laughs> my, my thoughts, yes. <laughs> 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 because I really need them to stop. They Me too. have to stop. Me too. Um Laura meditates. <gasps> yeah, I do. Did you meditate today? Yeah. Are you meditating now? Yeah. Okay. I'm always meditating. Yeah. <laughs> Wake up. Um, Sorry, still meditate. <laughs> is that something that began more recently in your life or is this a practice now that you've encountered this, for a while? Yeah, this
1: is something I've been doing now for I would say like a little over 5 years, I think, around there. Um I started having extremely bad like stage fright. Like really? oh my god, like Far vomiting. Into your career
0: Part, yeah. Like now, mm-hmm. do you? Can you speak to why that started? Yes, I know exactly why. Because
1: okay. when I was younger, there was the novelty of she's a kid. So even if I was like not that great, they were like she's nineteen. Yes. So then when I was a full-fledged grown-up, and it's like, yes, you should be good at your job. I started to feel the pressure of I should be good at my job. Huh. Um, and then like the imposter syndrome comes in and. Uh, it's, I love that show. Yeah, <laughs> Yes. exactly. Um, and I, yeah, I just started getting really, really nervous. And I had a series of, of very scary auditions where I would go in and just like sweat. And then I would sit down, and they'd be like, how are you? And I'd be like, fine. So I'm going to go. And I couldn't do it. I would just leave.
0: And those are the ones you booked. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. They were like, she's so small, she didn't even do it. <laughs> She didn't even talk.
0: The camera We must that. have her.
1: Um, no, I did not book yeah. those. Uh, yeah. And I was like, I have to do something. I have to figure it out. And um, my friend uh, Jenna, actually, when I was doing that that hit show, The Playboy Club, with, yeah. she... I was not. Is
0: that? I wasn't in you that. You
1: were not. Club. No one was in that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that got canceled very, very quickly. Okay. Um, a real feminist show that yeah. I was a part of. To be fair, when I signed up for it, it was... It actually was. And then all of a sudden, they were like, Eddie Cibrian and mob bosses. And I was like, bye. So I started, my friend Jenna talked to me about her meditation practice. And she set me up with her friend, um, Emily Fletcher, who owns now a meditation studio called Ziva Meditation, Uh Z-I-V-A. And she taught me um, to meditate. And so I started doing it 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes at night, and it was really transformative for me. It really took a lot of my, my anxiety and um, fear, just so much fear, uh, and it helped me sort of quiet it.
0: Do you have a ritual or an ongoing pre-show practice... Separate from that, that is consistent from show to show, or does it change based on the, the show? I do.
1: The Gosh, I sound like, I, I, I'm going to sound like such a crunchy, granola-y hippie, and I'm really not. But I do Jungian dream work, so I'll journal. I uh-huh. always journal for like whatever characters I'm playing.
0: So in the voice of the character, yeah. or as the character.
1: I ask my dream to for whatever question I might have about the character, or to align me closer to the character. Um, and I found that to be really helpful. And thing that's sort of unlocking my subconscious I find to be really helpful because I think growing up the way I did and growing up um, in musical theater it can lock you into sort of a perfectionism mentality where you have to get it right immediately and so then you're afraid to fail and for me when I get into that it's it's really bad for my acting it gets it gets really really robotic and and then I'm not talking like a person (laughs)
0: Now, I find you to be such an incredibly fluid, beautiful dancer. What? Also watch, you do? do? When have I danced? In every show. I do? Well, Gypsy, I mean, you did a strip tease. But yeah, you like. Moved, you move really well. Thank
1: you. I appreciate did that. Did
0: you have a dance background or do you kind of no. take it and we like look up here and see yes, the never? Not doing no, anything. I can't do okay. anything. In
1: fact, my greatest fear is a dance call. I've, I've never gone, gone to one, I've never been in one. And I, I have cried repeatedly in rehearsals when they're like, no, it's just like a step ball change. I'm not nope. a dancer at all. But then once I get it, I figure it out because then I'm like, oh, okay, I'm just acting. I'm the character is yeah. doing it. But I am not like a natural dancer. Like my sister is incredible. She will go into a club and all of a sudden there's a, a like a ring of people around her and she's just like dancing like she's in a music video. And that I just I'm not like that at all.
0: That's incredible. So so you journal, are you in your dressing room journaling or are you I do it before I go to sleep.
1: Okay. So that when I wake up I write down all the images that I saw in my dream. Okay. And then I and then I draw them. So I'm a terrible, terrible artist. But just to have the image in so my mind. So you draw like you dance. I draw like I dance. Yeah, exactly. Like like a slightly drunk old woman with a limp. Um, but yeah, so I I do that and I meditate. Uh, And, you know, like, what we all do? We research the character and all that that nonsense.
0: You know, it's a very rare thing for someone to sing the way you do, act the way you do, be as hilarious as you are, and to be as... um, Physically beautiful oh, as you are, it's sort Thank of an you. unbelievably. Mom, I do you... not like you <laughs> at all. I don't like sitting That's next nice to you. No, it's just and and now you're a parent, and so you a no longer have the luxury of like, I'm on
1: vocal rest. No.
0: So how do you, I mean the the kind of tremendous stamina and vocal strain mm-hmm. um, that it takes to sing eight shows a week? Yeah the things that you used to do to protect yourself are probably not available to you in the same way. No. So this is actually a question that someone on Twitter oh, asked. Oh, and you um, memorized it? God, I memorized You're amazing. It. I believe her name is Lisa. OK. God. Um, how do you now kind of attend to what you need to do your work And attend to your incredible daughter at the same time. And how are you managing it? I don't think I'm, I don't know. I think Mm -hmm. that's a really interesting question. I know
1: that I'm trying my best. I do know that. That I um, I prioritize Ella above all things, and sometimes maybe to my own detriment. Yeah. And then that flip flops and becomes to Ella's detriment because then I'm sick and I'm exhausted. But I just don't have the um, the patience that I that she deserves. Yeah. And I, I I find that for me it's like really coming down to and I was actually texting with Kelly and Celia about this about my physical health where like I've always had an autoimmune condition um, and since I was pregnant with my daughter it's just been really really difficult and it's spun sort of out of control now where I feel like I just cannot get well. I think, I think I'm just going to have to rest more than I'm used to resting, which I can't do necessarily. Um, cause you know, sometimes she doesn't sleep through the night. Right. She wakes up at six in the morning and she is like, ah! you know, there's no, like, I'm just going to, she's not like in there reading books, she's like let you me know? Be quiet yeah. Till mommy wakes up. yeah. 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 No. no, no, no. She's not like bringing mommy her, her espresso. Um, and then when she is, she is not a kid who's just going to like sit there and watch TV. She wants to go outside. If She will bring me my shoes. She will bring me my coat. And she, we go to the same coffee shop every morning. And, you know, there are times where I'm just like, I am so tired. I don't know how I'm walking around. So, you know, like My Fair Lady is happening right now on Broadway. And I was so sad that I wasn't doing it. And then I have for the past six weeks been, I've had the flu and bronchitis and I'm like, thank God I'm not doing it because I can't say to Ella, like, can you pause? Can you just like be 14 months old forever while I do this show? No, that's not happening. Yeah. So I guess really it's about making choices now where like for me, meteor shower was perfect because it was a play. So even if I was sick, I could do it because I didn't have to sing. And it was 75 minutes, which was magical. Perfect. So, yeah, I I think it's a long-winded answer to that question. I have to, like, I'm figuring it out right now. Yeah. How to prioritize and how to stay creative, um, but also, like, get enough rest and self-care. And then also be there for her. You know, she's learning everything. Yeah. You know, sometimes I expect her just to know things. And I'm like, oh, right, you're a freaking baby. You don't know anything. I
0: have to teach you everything. Maybe, or you could get her tested and just find out. Yeah, well, she
1: is. I I know she's my kid, but she's a crazy genius. Like, she's so smart that it actually scares me sometimes. She has so many words. She started walking when she was 10 months old. And not, like, walking like a toddler. She was like... just like got up and started walking there was never any like you know that where they walk like Frankenstein yeah she never did that she was just like I'm gonna go from here to there and I'm gonna get the thing and bring it over there are you guys coming yeah so are you coming but that's how she she goes she, goes, ah, ah. she like yells at me and I'm like Alice stop yelling at me please
0: she's an abusive baby I, <laughs> She is. kids are scary yeah they're totally scary well if you were to look back I guess okay. I want to say one thing. I don't yeah. know if you guys are aware of this, and it's a very long story. And since we're coming to the end of the interview, yeah. we're not going to get into the whole thing. We're not going to. But this woman literally broke her neck <laughs> when she was doing Into the Woods on Broadway. Yeah. Literally. She yeah. was in tremendous pain. No one understood what was going on. Physical therapy was not quite curing it. Yeah. And... I believe it wasn't until you were about to do Women on the Verge. No, it was um, actually... Or nine.
1: Nine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I was in Into the Woods, and I I had to do this fall down a flight of stairs. And the first time I did it, I was like, well, I can never do that again. That's right. horrible. Right. And then they were. I was so young. I was 21, and I, I was sort of humiliated into doing it. That's why I say, like... The pe- people-pleasing. Pe- people yeah, people-pleasing broke my neck. Yeah. because So I was like, okay, yes, I want everyone to like me, so I'm going to do this eight times a week. Even though I'm terrified, and every time I do it, it hurts. Yeah. And I remember the crew guys being like, you could never do that again. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I know, I don't want to. Yeah, They were so nice to me. And the crew was always so, so nice to me. And and now I look back, and I'm like, right, I was like a 20-year-old girl. Of course they were nice to me. Like, at the time, I was like, they just love me for my personality. no. They did not. Maybe it was. They left both. me for my very perky poopies. Maybe it was both. Yeah, maybe it was. I was always yeah. nice, girl to them. Um, but anyway, so I fell down a flight of stairs. Eight shows a week, and it got progressively worse. And then I just was like, I thought I hurt my wrist, but it wasn't my wrist. I went to, it got so many X-rays and finally an MRI. And then the producers sent me to their doctor, and she was like, Yeah, you herniated these discs, but you'll be fine. Just go to physical therapy cut to one day i literally could not feel my body at all and they had to bring an ambulance and it was very dramatic and like embarrassing and humiliating and and then i just never went back and it was there was no closure and then my uncle bob died who was like my favorite uncle like right in the same week and I wrote a letter to the cast, being like, my uncle Bob died, and I have to get surgery on my neck, and I'm really sorry if I hurt anyone. Like, yeah. what? I'm really sorry if I
0: hurt anyone's yeah. feelings. Your neck is broken by
1: my uncle dying and breaking yeah. my neck. Yeah. Jesus Christ. you are so mean. It, it was, uh, yeah. I look back and I just think, oh God, I, why wasn't anyone saying to me like, no, don't yeah. you? This is not your what fault. We do Where there you? are their fucking letters? Yeah. So I had surgery on my spine and. And I will say, uh, the director of the show called, and he was like, I am so sorry. Yes, I am so sorry. He actually never wanted me to do The Fall. It wasn't yeah. him. It was the choreographer. But... He, he was like I know I'm sorry blah 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 so I got that first surgery seven years later I was still in like a shit ton of pain and getting sick all the time that's when the autoimmune thing got really really bad because when you um, actually have a broken neck that wasn't fixed your body's just constantly trying to keep you from being paralyzed so you just get everything huh. all the germs um and then your body starts attacking yourself, which is like what an autoimmune condition is, because it's just always like, high alerts. You are about to break at any moment. And then um after I did um, the vibrator play, and before I did Women on the Verge, I had a second spinal surgery from a different surgeon who went in through the back and fixed it. But I had to like go live home for five months. And I was in this huge collar. And my parents, I don't know why they started saying this. I used to have to walk around my high school track with this collar on. And my family would be like, who's going to walk Laura? Because I couldn't see. So I would just be like. And just like being walked around in my in my collar.
0: It's like the saddest John Hughes movie. Yes. It, it should be. It, it really like should she be. Ha- like usually it's like Drew Barrymore goes back and she's so cute and she wins the guy, but you're still like the nerd with the collar. Yes. Even when you My mom giving 30.
1: me a shower and every time she gives me a shower being like, well, you look a little different than
0: last time <laughs> I gave you a bath. I'm like, we get it, mom. You haven't given me a bath for 30 years. Can you please stop? Ugh. All right. But the point is through all that, we have seen Laura on stage time and time again and all you exude and emanate is like this incredible passion and joy and beauty and like these fiery incredible women. Uh-huh. And you. none of that joy feels to me lost in performance. Thank you. And and what a gift for all of us and thank, thank you. you for kind of barreling through all of that and continuing time and time again to give us this escape from life which is really hard and then we get to go for two and a half hours into the theater and find ourselves transported into another place and time and I just cannot wait to see what's next and what the future holds. And you are extraordinary. Thank you so much. I cannot believe, with all you have going on, that you came to share your afternoon with us. I've been
1: wanting to do this for so long. I'm such a big fan of yours, and you're just so wonderful at this. Thank you for making me feel so good.
0: You're welcome. (laughs) The last thing that I just want to tell everyone about one of the things we decided to do was take some of the proceeds from today's sale. So, thank you guys for buying tickets because there's an incredible organization. Organization called A Step that Laura turned me on to. And do you want to just tell a little bit about it in terms of how they can find out more yeah. and why it's so important yes. to you? Yes,
1: so Artists Striving to End Poverty um, is a wonderful organization. You can Google them and t- to see all that they do. But essentially, they're in um, parts of India and Africa where they bring children who otherwise would not have homes into a place where they're safe and fed and, and cared for and have medical... Care and then also learn about music and art and singing. And Mary Mitchell Campbell, who's also like a Drama Desk award winning music director and and an incredible human, I do not know. You should have her on actually. Yeah, I will. She's fascinating. She is so fascinating. If
0: you've ever gone to like Kristen Chenowitz concerts, she's she's, her music director. She's just an extraordinary talent and maybe came out of Juilliard maybe no she went to a small
1: christian college down south but she is just one of the most talented people I, i have ever met and also has the biggest heart she's a true humanitarian and anyway so you can you can donate um to a step and the money goes directly toward helping these children not only be physically well but sort of find their their inner music their inner life
0: yeah and it really feels like art for these kids, and this is something I've been learning, is kind of a way out of poverty because through it, it really gives them skills that they wouldn't necessarily have. Um, And if you can't give, you can join and volunteer the organization and participate in the things that they do. So it was so exciting to me to learn about it. So thank you for bringing it into my life. I really look forward to getting involved. Maybe we can all do something together. Anyway... Thank you so much for coming to this live podcast, Little Known Facts. I can't wait to share it. Bugs can make the wind blow. Bugs can make the grass grow. So, there you go. These are Little Known Facts that now. You know. Some friends of mine got together and did something really special. They created a little doll called Our gus it grew out of a need that they were sensing being the mothers of daughters in their teens and sons in their early 20s and realizing that that was such a peak time of anxiety and stress for the kids and the parents A time when life starts to feel way too big and when the need for unconditional support is at an all-time high. So they created this small rag doll that has the look and feel of an old hand-me-down but stuffed with little beads to be malleable and calming. It can be put in a backpack, a pocket, a purse, a briefcase, under a pillow, wherever someone needs it to remind them that they're not alone. So, just because you stopped getting dolls doesn't mean you stopped needing them. Go to OurGust.com or follow them on Instagram at OurGustDoll because we all need to feel safe, and this is a perfect way to do it. If you want more information about my guests, go to the website littleknownfactspodcast.com. I also wanted to tell you that there is now a new addition to the website. It is a button that says Contributions. This podcast is a true labor of love, and I really, really want to keep doing it for a long time. So if you like listening as much as I love to do it, please feel free to contribute. It would mean the world to me. Also on Twitter, you can find me at Alana Levine. Instagram is Little Known Facts Podcast. And on Facebook, Little Known Facts Podcast. You can also feel free to rate and review the show on the iTunes show page. This podcast is recorded at Hanger Studios in New York City. This episode was brought to you by Pro Media. Located in Times Square, Pro Media offers both production and post production services out of its beautiful studios in the heart of New York City. Pro Media Sound Vision. Find out more at promedia.nyc.